try that. So, let's put my... Oh, everything's going wrong now because I've got two copies of the video... Oh, two copies of the recording going. But, hello, <laughs> I'd like to welcome you for hopefully the third time, but you will only hear one, to We Go Again podcast. It's Kristen Smith sitting here in Germany. And I think this is just proving my point of I'm annoyed with lots of things at the moment. Well, sitting here in West London, it's me, Rob Overfield, and hopefully my system will continue working this evening. I'm here in Berkshire, it's me, James Bartleby, and I don't know what's more amazing, the fact that we've got through the intro finally, or the fact that Rotherham actually managed to play a game. Well, I think it's the fact we got through the intro finally, because I didn't mention any particular related company, um... Which is annoying me at the moment. <laughs> oh, yes. And maybe yeah, that's so what the, it is. Maybe so it's the, Rob's so phone's uh, listening and it cuts him off. The, the, the green <laughs> messaging app that they were they were listening in and you 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 were uh, derogatory about them, so it uh, it shut and, you down. And their and their blue bosses and, <laughs> and the little bird and life in general. And then every time I was saying this, Rob was just going. Pow! As if, I think he was doing it just to wind me up, just to prove a point. Get in there and get in there. Now, Kristen, would me, your friend, do that to you? I At hope... least I would give me... I was going to say, hopefully you would, because I would do it to you. So... <laughs> oh, we... We do, as you can tell, we do have a few things. Well, we do have a few things to talk about. You can't tell from the fact that we're just having a little bit of fun. Um, like what's going in Zagreb, a little bit of fun, unless you're a Spurs fan, because um, they're into extra time. Um, I don't know where to start this week, because, as I say, I'm in a little ranty mood, as we already know in our little off-air, uh, before we, we have our little chat. So let's start with ranty thing number one. We're going to buy Liverpool. No, we're not. We're going to buy Newcastle. No, we're not. We're going to buy Derby. No, you're not. Um, this is the news coming out of Derby that they're now not selling the club to the cousin of the um, owners of Man City. And I don't know what to make of this other than are they taking the piss? Well, someone is, aren't they? Because... I mean, this first surfaced on November the sixth last year that it was that the deal had had been agreed or a price had been agreed and it and it was set to be completed within days, which is a sentence that we will be using in another takeover story a little bit later. Um, but yeah, they, they've they have they've just kept downgrading, haven't they? As you say, it was it was Liverpool originally, and then it, they went to um, to Newcastle and um, it was supposed to be. Done. Was that last summer or last winter? I can't quite remember now. Um, it might have even been the summer before. It was some point in the last year and a half, anyway. And then that fell through pretty much as every Newcastle takeover does. And now, yeah, now they're going for for Derby County, which obviously, as we all know, is a is a big club in the Championship. Some fans would maybe say they uh, they should be in the Premier League, but you know, they for me they shouldn't. Um, but yeah, now now it looks like Mel Morris, the uh, the bastion of of integrity that he is, has uh, has called time on this this deal from Sheikh Khalid, who is cousin of 
Um, the Man City owner, I think, is it, is it cousin? Uh, there's some some form of family member, um, and, and it looks all, like they're he... all family members over there. Well, yeah, it's fa- yeah, it is family-owned country, isn't it? I suppose. Um, and they are now. There are supposed to be some a few more interested parties, um, but whether anything will come of that is starting to. Um, it's, it's starting to have very Mike Ashley-style um, notes about it, isn't it? It's, it's, um, I mean, you guys know my feelings towards Derby County at the moment. With, and it's not, it's not the club in general. I mean, they're a proud old club. You know, I used to like watching them when they were at the baseball ground and, and things like that. And, um, you know, it's had some legends of the game play for them. Um, but, yeah, just... just what they've been doing in the recent years, pretty much since Mr. Morris bought the club in 2015, you know, we've had the whole sale of the ground thing and the fact that they have seemed to seem to have got away with that. Um, even though they, they sold it for exactly, well, we know the story. We don't need to go into it. But um, it's also the it's dodginess around their current managers. payment Yeah. Structure. Yeah. And, and there was the whole drink drive thing a couple of years ago as well, which, you know, it, it was, it, it left a sour taste as well. It's just should have put some it, more mixer in. It's a club I <laughs> would be quite ashamed to say I supported at the moment. Um, or not? I, I suppose ashamed. To, I'd, I'd be ashamed of the club if I was a fan, and I would be desperate, as mm. desperate as Newcastle fans are to get Ashley out. I'd be as desperate to get Morris out. The problem they've got is that Mel Morris owns the ground. And we've we said it at the time, and we've said it many times with many other clubs, if you don't own your ground anymore, you're in trouble. Massive, massive trouble. Um, so you you do also worry what connotations that's going to have down the line. Um, so, if, you know, we've seen it with, with Coventry, haven't we, for over the last few years? You know, they've played in Northampton, they've mm, played at Birmingham. Mm. They've, which I don't think we mentioned last week, did we? That they're going back to the Rico Arena from next season. They're going I... to look to build on, I think, on the campus of Warwick University, get and build their own ground. But it, you know, it, we've seen it so many times. If you don't own your own ground, you're in trouble. Look at Kingstonian down mm. in, you know, down at, at a level yeah. that, that we're familiar yeah, with, Rob, isn't it? As well, you know, they they sold that out to mm. to mm. AFC Wimbledon, and they've uh, they've been, well, I say screwed. I mean, it's. It, it's not really. They were they were a bit uh, naive when they did it, but yeah, if you don't own your ground, you're in massive, massive trouble. It's mm. actually the reason. I mean, sorry, just before you yeah. think that that whole reason about owning the ground is why the Scunthorpe United chairman is a Scunthorpe United chairman and no longer the Gainsborough Trinity chairman because the Blues, the supporters' members' club who own the ground, refuse to sell it. I mean, even even my club Huddersfield, we don't own our ground. Um, we've been desperately, desperately trying to get it, um, but we we just can't at the minute. The council the council own it, which isn't as bad as an individual owning it, but it's, it's still worse. well, it could well be, couldn't it? it could prove to be. Um, I mean, it would be difficult for us because we share with the with the rugby league team, the Giants. Um, so it'd have to be a joint. Well it wouldn't have to be a joint thing we could buy it and have them as tenants or vice versa i guess but then it's still not ideal for the other party is it so yeah your biggest asset is is your you know is your stadium and if you don't own it yeah you're in trouble i think i was listening to the sound of football podcast earlier and they all go and watch whiteleaf and they've all got season tickets down there the, the guys that do that podcast and apparently 
they've got they've got nothing. The the team's gone. The manager's gone. Um, I think they. Are, I don't even know if they own their stadium. I can't remember now. But the mm. the club virtually doesn't exist at the moment, and the fans are trying to rally around to save that. So it's you know it, it happens at all levels, and yeah, um, it's yeah it can't it can't lead to anything good. No, I have to admit, it's it's one of those situations where you know, it's you know, the, the, there's so much that can go wrong and so much that has gone wrong. I mean, as we've said, you know, these parties were looking at you know bigger clubs than Derby, and yet now this deal's apparently fallen through because, well, how can I phrase it? felt that there wasn't that the money wasn't there on the table for the club itself um which is which given the connections of the buying party is a bit is a bit you find you'd you'd struggle to understand that so basically it's you know you know it's I'm, I'm not surprised that a lot of the derby supporters are angry you know in many respects i'm not surprised that you know the club itself are angry you know, because you know when you think about it, it's yeah, it's just one of those situations where you've got to have good faith on both sides, and if that doesn't happen, then you know th th that's where your problem starts. I mean, I don't know. It's for 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 it to be that it's fallen on these grounds. Yeah, it you know does this company have the kind of amounts of money that they say they have to buy football clubs with or are they just looking to find something on the cheap and you know I'll just divert attention and hope people don't notice that the, they don't actually have the money it could be a loan from somewhere else I mean we all know what finances uh, you know you can find if you dig into clubs hard enough but I mean as far as Mel Morris goes one point I will give him is that he's you know he's always had the same message he's always been consistent in his line and he's basically said you know he will only sell if it's a the best interests of the club and that the potential buyers fit that you know that he th thinks they're the right people and they have the plans and the finance to go forward and take Derby you know back towards the you know the Premier League and it looks like it's fallen on the on the latter last one the finance and if he's not happy with what this company, you know, and again we've said connections to the Saudi royal family, if he's basically saying that he doesn't feel the money's there, that's a bit of a slap in the face, you know, for the Saudis basically saying. Um, sorry, just just know, to correct, um, it's the people from Abu Dhabi. It's, UA, ah, it's Abu Dhabi. It's, okay. Yeah, it's Abu Dhabi. It's UAE. Yeah, it's the Emirates. It's the Emirates. Yeah, but it's it's still the, the message is still the same. It's still a slap in the face. You know, to be told we don't believe you have the money. Yeah, that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't go down well. You know, in the domestic audience, basically being told, you know, we were going to buy this club, but the club says we don't have the money. That doesn't look good. That's a loss of face. Somebody's somebody'll be in trouble. But May you know, takeovers are messy things. I'm just thinking maybe they thought they would get a free Rolls Royce or something thrown in, being that it's in Derby, um, they would be able to get mm. some. Uh, some new cars and stuff because there's more Rolls Royce per capita in the Middle East than any other area of the world, which is 
one of those interesting facts. It's because um, there's more money. <laughs> well, there's, there's, mm. there's, but it, it just—it's it, not surprising, is it, that they're, they're suddenly turning around and saying, "Hang on a minute, you ain't got the money," because that's exactly what Mike Ashley said, and that's exactly what was it John W. Henry that was owner of Liverpool at the time when they, you know, they—they—they they, they clearly, mm. um, they—they—they they clearly just playing, aren't they? They—they they, they don't have the money if. Whoever it is, uh, you know, they, I mean, there must be uh, uh, the shame on their family that they haven't got 300 million quid to buy a football club. It's, you know, it, it's, it's disgraceful. Mm. <laughs> they, must be, they must be the laughing stock mm. of their family. Um, but, yeah, I, it, would, it would, for me, it, would, it, it wouldn't sit right anyway, the fact that, this, that they own Man City already and they'd be buying... Well, it's, it, it's not the same people, mm. don't forget. Well, they are related, so you yeah, know. Yeah, but you, you can't you can't say that it's the same so it's, people. It's, but it's the same family, and it to me that just it and it doesn't sit right. I mean, we've got obviously we've got organisations and families. I mean, we've got the Potsos that own like Watford and and Udinese and that, but they they own clubs in different countries, and obviously the City Football Group and and Red Bull and that they own multiple clubs, but not in the same not even in the same country, let alone potentially the same division. So mm. I, I don't know. I don't know how, how I would feel about, about that. Um, but I mean, it's, it's not going to happen. So we don't have to worry about it, do we? <laughs> yeah. I think it's a bit harsh to say that uh, Man City will be dropping down that soon uh, <laughs> to, to see them. Hey, look, their... when, when they, when they sell up, they'll be in league two within five years. When they sell up, they will be, Playing Ham, well, they'll be playing um, Salford <laughs> within three years because without the money, Man City is nothing. They're they're a yo-yo club like Norwich and a few, uh, quite a few other clubs uh, that we've seen over there, and and that's just the way it is. It's it's purely come down to the cash. What? doesn't come down to the cash though is restoring pride and belief that sounds a really nice way of putting it um after Mm -hmm. the utter farce that there was last year um for wigan Mm -hmm. so uh, they're a they are a proud club they do have it's hard it's really strange to think um that it's not in the scheme of things not that long ago since they'd won the fa cup and they were going to go off and do everything but now um they are looking um to uh, reach an agreement with phoenix 2021 limited don't like the name sounds a bit funny <laughs> um to purchase the club so uh, this is going to be a web of intrigue again as well because just to refresh everybody's memory it's not that this was a gambling bet, but maybe it was a gambling bet, and we don't know. The guy's got a lot of friends, and I don't really want to go there. Um, so, yeah, maybe some Far Eastern betting corporations, who are my favourite sort of people, um, had some information um, that they knew. So, I'm still confused by how these other people passed the fit and proper persons test. Um, they haven't yet. Um, no, the the previous owners, 
the ah. the I'll own you for a month and then I'm going to make you get relegated because I get <laughs> more cash from my Manila at gambling I den. I don't think I don't think even they were approved because it was such a short timescale. I don't even think they were you know they'd even gotten anywhere near the EFL to actually approve it. But, Might um, be wrong, but that wouldn't surprise me. It, it wouldn't surprise me with the, the shenanigans which were going on there. But Phoenix 2021 Limited are a UK-based company. Well, yeah, okay. Um, that means absolutely nothing um, because anybody can have a UK-based company. Um, plenty of companies are UK-based. But more importantly, they say they're making the right noises and they're hopefully going to take over. And maybe we will see the resurgence of Wigan because at the moment they are in the relegation zone only on goal difference and um, they're fighting it tough down there yeah, um, yeah I mean we are. all we all know what we all sorry Rob we all we all know what happened uh, last year with the uh, with the shameful uh, takeover and, and into administration straight away um, that led to the 12 point deduction and I think they, they finished comp- uh, no, it was twelve point last season when when they went into um, admin. Oh, sorry, my yep, le- sorry, it's going to be a fifteen. <laughs> my Alexa just went off for no reason whatsoever. There. <laughs> maybe um, maybe you're talking about Faris gambling companies. It's listening, always listening. Uh, yeah, so last season when they were in the championship, they finished. I mean, they went on a phenomenal run to, in the second half of the season, got themselves up to twelfth or thirteenth, something like that, and they were, you know, they were well clear, and unfortunately. You know what happened happened and they got their 12 point deduction um which was scandalous but was the rules there was there was no way out of it and they ended up uh getting getting relegated just um and yeah they're avoiding the 15 point deduction if this takeover goes through because they will be paying uh, at least the minimum to creditors of 25p in the pound which, you know, if they, if they hadn't that and they'd have had the fifteen point deduction, they would be in League Two next season. So they've at least got the chance to uh, to stay up on merit. Um, but as we as we said about the the derby takeover, I mean they, they're expecting this. Well, they're hoping to. Well, it says expected to be completed by the thirty first of March at the latest. I never like it when they when they do this. They, you know, you put a deadline on it. It's. <laughs> I hope it goes through for for the sake of of Wigan. Um, yeah, as, as you say, what was it eight years ago they won won the FA Cup? Um, stole the FA Cup, to be fair, wasn't it? They got absolutely battered and then scored a last minute winner. Um, but fair play, you know, the only stat that matters is the scoreline, isn't it? Um, they they I'm not sure if they they drew at AFC Wimbledon in midweek. Um, I'm not sure. I'm trying to find the league table as I'm talking but I'm not sorry, very... yes they did yeah they did yeah they did are they, are they still yeah. in the bottom three then yeah. or did that get no, them out of it no they're not just, okay, just, just looking at the table yeah they're just they're uh, currently they're a point um, they're in 20th place which is the minimum they're going to need and they've got a really tough game at the weekend and it's a game that oh, five years ago played... you'd never even have thought of taking place are they playing Hull Oh, Accrington. No, no, no. Five years Ooh, ago, you'd old... never expected to. No. If, if five old years derby, ago, that. you'd never expected. Yes, yeah, a big old derby. Five years ago, you've never thought League One, Accrington versus Wigan. You would never have envisaged that five years ago. But I mean, but um, that's the state that Wigan, Wigan have got to. You know, I mean, everyone, you know, seems seems to seems to think they're uh, a lot lower down than they should be. But 
I've grown up, Wigan were always in the third and fourth division mm. because we played yeah. them quite yeah. a lot. Um, and obviously they were they were only elected into the league what, 50 years ago, sometime in the 70s, I think. They were one of the last clubs to get elected, I think, weren't they? Um, back when promotion mm. wasn't a thing, you had to actually be elected into the league. Um, mm. Look, I hope it goes through. I, I'm with you, Chris, and I hate the name Phoenix 2021 Limited. That just... That just smacks of um, a club going bank uh, going extinct, doesn't it? And a new one starting. It's just it's it's a horrible name for the company. Uh, why not call it Latix Twenty Twenty One? Or you know, because it's it's a, it's a, yeah. let, let's be honest. This they they're going to have been set up solely for this takeover of the club. They they wouldn't have oh, existed yeah. before. Um, so why call it Phoenix Twenty? Oh, no, it's a it's a it's a uh, problematic name for me is that but hopefully yeah we um we yeah. will see we will see them i don't care what division they're playing i couldn't give a monkeys but i don't want to see them go bust yeah. um yeah. i want to you know they, they, yeah. they don't deserve it um they were a, you know when dave whelan was in charge they were a very very well-run club for many many years hence um, why they got to the premier question? league can yeah, ask well, a question yeah can I I answer it? The, the article you shared james Yes, the Guardian was the from Guardian. the Guardian. Yeah, they're not called Phoenix. Ooh, they're called Phoenix. That's not how you spell Phoenix. I've just realised. Yeah. I thought it was the Guardian spelling it wrong, but it's not. They've called themselves Phoenix Twenty Twenty One. So maybe somebody doesn't know how to spell Phoenix. Mm. I, I, what you, well, who knows? No, that's that's how you spell Phoenix. It is P-H-O-E. how you spell Phoenix. It's probably not been registered that way. How do you mean? How do you spell Phoenix? That's how you spell this is, as in Phoenix from the Flames. It's P H O E N I X. That's how you spell it. Yeah, but the the interesting thing is that everybody who spells Phoenix spells it. That's the only company in the whole of the UK that's spelt like that. Oh, okay. So I thought it was a, I thought it was a spelling mistake by the um, by the Guardian, <laughs> and I disagree you, with you. you. That's you not on, how you, you spell Phoenix. House. That's not how you spell Phoenix. That is how you spell Phoenix. I'm just reading through the article, and I just can't see what well, I just can't see what, what your discussion is. As far as I'm concerned, that is the classical way of spelling Phoenix. Yeah, but, you know. but what, I'm, what I'm saying, I went to the company's house just to see when they're registered. They're registered at the end of January. Ah, so they've, so they've called themselves that, but they haven't registered that name. Oh no, they have. They've registered, they registered that. Th- but what I'm saying is that that's the only company <laughs> in the UK. Ah, okay. That's actually so everybody spe- else's. With 2021, there's there's so many companies spelling uh, spelt the other way, and but I was actually just. I was more interested in when were they actually registered. So is it a, a, a quick thing? But they were they were registered at the end of January. So this is something that is purely has been set up to do this because I know sometimes there are companies which will come on and do everything. So it's I wish them well, but it also seems very rushed. It's the thing to me. Well, I mean, you you say that, but is it more just a case of we're only finding out about it because it's near completion? Um, I mean, that was the thing with going back to the derby. You know, the the um, 
the Abu Dhabi lot that when they were by Newcastle, it was it was very close to completion before it was out in the public domain, which then, you know, whereas previous Newcastle takeovers, we were hearing about them from day one. Um, and it, most most football finance people say that if if it if if they if it's secret till so late in the day, it usually means that it's going to happen. Um, so, mm. whatever, for whatever reason, I don't know why. Well, they are clearly the Abu Dhabi lot are charlatans, um, and that's why the Newcastle and Liverpool and Derby takeovers didn't happen. But you, you, you can only hope that this one. Um, yes, UK-based company registered in Manchester probably operate out the Cayman Islands. Usually, it's normally the way, isn't it? Um, hopefully, no, this no, one does go through. Registered in Cayman Islands, and that, uh, yeah, so, okay, yeah, yeah. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully it's all above board. I mean, there, there doesn't seem to be any reason to doubt it. Um, so yeah, we'll just have to uh, hope that Mister, uh, what's his name, Abdul Rahman Al Jazmi. Let's um, see. I, I was you know, skipping. I was skipping that. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a couple of runs at it while everyone else has been talking. Um, so he'll be the new owner. Um, Talal Al Hamed will be the chairman, and it's like I am delighted we have been successful in our negotiations with the administrators. Um, so yeah, I mean the fact that the company is registered in Manchester would suggest that they're probably local-ish to the northwest so probably they do sound like they are registered Mm. to to manchester but europa point sports holdings who which actually owns the company is registered in gibraltar so um yeah Mm. (laughs) let's Mm. let's deal with Mm. that one let's see how it comes and how it goes through Uh, and mr abdul ram rahman uh, al jasmi is from bahrain home of a Grand okay. Prix now, isn't it? I think there's a Grand Prix but out there now, isn't it? Home, of, home mm. of beautiful human rights. Um, so mm. yes, it's uh, <laughs> but, uh, not actually cast version on him. I just that's what I do for a living. <laughs> what cast I mean, When you look at Wigan Athletic, as you know, as when when you look at Wigan as an entity, they've done a lot in the time in the league. Because don't forget, it's actually less time than what you think, James. It was actually 1978. Was it? Okay, but they, they, it was that. Were they one? Yeah. Yeah, but, that is wow. They've only they've only been in the league a, a year longer than I've been alive. Yeah, and in for a bonus trivia point, who did they replace? Accrington Stanley. No. Um, <laughs> who were they? A lot later than that. A lot later than um, that. Oh, oh, I, I'm yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> kick myself because I I know it. I bet I you know are, it. I, you are. It's, yeah, you do. You do know. Where, the whereabouts in the country? Port. Was it Southport? It was Southport. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't know it then. <laughs> no, it was Southport. I, you know, I've just, just been I've just been digging through the history on you know history of Wigan, and it's of absolutely no relevance to the point that you know we were discussing. But there's actually a bit of a breakdown in how the election went. You know, went. You know, actually, actually took place because they were only second in the national in the Northern Premier. But the the club who won the Northern Premier that season, a club that Kristen knows about because he doesn't like them in Lincolnshire, playing an orange colour. <laughs> no, they, yeah. they, they, they play it's more, more yellow, more yellow. Yeah. Well, their ground and facilities were up to it, so Wigan were nominated to stand for election. First round of voting was Southport and Wigan. It was twenty six votes apiece. Second round, Wigan won by nine votes. 
So is it a case of yourself pot just that? That's a question. Yeah, because I mean, because actually, in that case, in the re-vote, three clubs didn't actually vote because it was twenty-nine votes for Wigan and twenty votes for Southport. So who did the talking and where did the brown envelopes go? But that's of you know that's of no relevance to the point we're talking. But it's interesting all the same. Um, but you know, takeovers as we've seen of messy things. James, you've seen it with Huddersfield Town. I've seen mm. it with Hull City. Kristen's seen it. You know, with Liverpool, they're messy. And as you quite rightly say, the less the less you hear about it, the more likely it is to take place. Those ones that are making the most noise, those interested parties that are shooting their mouth off more than anybody else, are usually the ones that are not going to make it. The ones that are usually going to make it are the ones that basically keep everything close, keep their mouth shut, no public statements until they get to the point they're at now. And don't forget, I feel that... I don't think the administrators would have been happy with any kind of public statement until they'd got to this point. So for the, for them, this statement to come out, to say exactly what stage the negotiations are at and the fact it's, you know, it's going to happen within the next couple of weeks usually means it's a good sign and you know the administrators are happy they're satisfied with what they're seeing that the people buying the company have got the money and they've got the um i won't say they've got the knowledge to run a football club but they've definitely got the money to basically start there so i definitely think that you know wigan can start looking to getting some points on the field I think and when you, you, you misphrased know, the money to the money to lose there very few people make money at football clubs well, well, it comes to a saying. I mean, I say it about non-league football all the time, and it, you know, it, to some extent, you can apply it to football up and down the country. How do you make a small fortune in football? Start with a big one. <laughs> it's very much true in a lot of cases. But you know, there's no reason why once the ownership gets settled, that Wigan Athletic can't start putting some points on the board. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, they spent a lot of their life in the lower two divisions of the, of football. You know. It wasn't until Dave Whelan came along that they actually started making a name for themselves. So it would be nice to at least get them back into the Championship. I think the Championship's a good fit for Wigan Athletic in many respects. But they'll not do it this season, we know that. And if they get a bit of stability off the field, they'll make a real push for it, you know, starting again in August. I think think that, you know, it's just something waiting to happen if it's done properly. Um, I, I do agree with you. I just before we move on to our next little story, um, I just want to ask a question. Do we know how long has Jose been at Spurs? Um, been there two seasons already? No, it was December 2019, wasn't it? Okay, so he's been there just over a year. So he's probably got about another year and a half left before he leaves. November 2019. Do we think they're going to win a trophy? Because Orzik has scored a hat-trick for Dinamo Zagreb tonight and probably Spurs are going out of the UEFA Cup. (laughs) So, Europa League. Let's get get there right. Um, Carnegie, North London. Yeah, especially because the... um, their local neighbours uh, who beat them at the weekend mm-hmm. um, have, uh, have well, they lost but won. <laughs> um, so mm. that's quite quite amusing um, as we go through. Let's let's move on to something a little bit less controversial. 
<laughs> How do we like the strength of Scottish football? So the the Scottish champions Rangers are losing tonight at Ibrox. So they're losing one nil at this moment. Twenty minutes into their game uh, of the Europa League against Slavia Prague that puts them down over um, overall uh, so they're important they're going to need to get a couple of goals uh, to go through but it has emerged that Scottish football which is already weak let's be frank about it it's a weak division it's mm-hmm. a weak um, mm-hmm. organisation it's going to become even more weaker because they're wanting to ex- they're possibly going to accept Rangers and Celtic B teams into Scottish League 2 next season. Now, both James and I, when you put this into the into the uh, WhatsApp group, Rob, <laughs> misread this and thought League 2 as in English League 2 and thought, hmm, that's really... Thing. I'm still astounded by the fact that they're even considering putting the reserves of the one of the, the old firm into the actual thing. I know we do this in Spain and to me that causes problems because if you have, if you're a good enough club, a rich enough club that you can have two football teams effectively full of stars, you're breaking some, you're, you're breaking fair play and you're actually ruining the game overall because you're turning it into it's going to be the same few clubs that always win which is why in spain it is always the same few clubs that are going to win this year is going to be an offshoot oh well in atletico do it yeah but next year i'll be back to normal and that's and that's how it seems to be across a lot of europe especially when you get the the reserve sides going in and i like having the reserve sides playing their own little league yes it's not as good they don't get as much development but they're not also first-class players because if they were, they would get a transfer and go play somewhere the way they could. And so for me, I think this is going to make Scottish football even weaker than it already is because they couldn't, but possibly they should, is say, well, yeah, you can do that, but out of those 11 players, uh, out of out of your 18-man squad, 15 of them have to be Scottish-born. Hmm. Well, but the clubs don't care about the national game because clubs don't. Well, I mean, they, it's, they would only be allowed in League One. That would be the highest level. They wouldn't be able to go above League One and hmm. they'd have to be... Un- 21 and under um so uh i mean they, they, they talk about expanding league two to 16 clubs um i'm guessing yeah. it's yeah. 12 at the minute because it's on uh, yeah. two teams each from the highland and lowland leagues would also be expanded uh, would also be added so is it just that, that desperate to actually not have to play 20 20 games against the same opposition must be so there's only 10 teams in the in the league two at the minute is that there's only 10 teams in most of their divisions Yes. Well, there's twelve in the mm. in the twelve in the Premier League now. Um, but yeah, I mean, in in mm. Germany, Portugal, and Spain, they have B teams in that can go up as. Uh, when Germany, they can't go above the third division. Um, I'm not sure about Portugal. I'm assuming mm. it's the second division. In Spain, it is the uh, the second division as well. Um, although I don't think there are many in Spain yeah. at the minute in the second division. I think there are all. There might be one or two, but obviously mm. Barcelona's second team are in the third uh, are in the segunda b um mm. 
it Croatia uh, uh, co- they they kind of comparing it to Croatia the size of of country they have Dinamo Zagreb Hajduk Split and Osijek all have teams uh, second teams in the second tier um, I'm not I mean I wouldn't want to see it in England I wouldn't want to see I mean you know we've got that stupid EFL trophy thing where we had two finals last weekend um, they have under 23 mm. teams don't they in, the, in that which you know as, as just rendered that competition a bit of a joke really um, more of a joke and more of a well and I say it as a as a fan that got to a final we lost it but we got we got to a mm. final way back when in oh, 94 I think it was um, yeah I wouldn't want to see it in England so I suppose that should mean I'm against it in Scotland, but I'm used to it in Spain. So, yeah, I'm a bit conflicted yeah. on it, but I definitely, definitely wouldn't want to see it in our in our pyramid. But then mm. our pyramid's mm. a hell of a lot stronger, isn't it? And a hell of a lot more self-sufficient. We've got well, big clubs. Big, big, bigger, yeah. I would say. Mm. Not necessarily stronger, but bigger. Yeah. Uh, mm. Does it not mean automatically well i don't know i mean when you know does it not mean automatically that it's bigger therefore it is stronger there's because you know i mean you look at the look how difficult it is for for sunderland and portsmouth you know they've been down in league one for for years and you know how long were we leads mm. down in league one mm. and and you know it's not it, long it, enough <laughs> <laughs> um it's it you know they're not it, it's it's the tough leagues to get out of. Whereas look at Rangers when yeah. you know yeah. when they went bust and came back as a completely new club, they just yeah. roasted through those divisions in pretty much pretty four much. years. I think I think they spent two seasons in the championship. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I mean, when you think about, I wouldn't it, be happy if, if no, I was a no, Scot. Sorry, right? If no. I was a Scottish football fan, I wouldn't be happy about it. I don't think because it's not it's not historically in place, is it? I mean. It, it was in in Spain long before I started watching Spanish football, so that's why I'm kind of mm. okay with it over there because it's just the way it's always been. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't want it in England, so I'm not massively happy about it being introduced to a country that doesn't already have it. Mm. I mean, when you look at the um, divisions outside the SPL, majority of clubs there, believe it or not, are semi-professional. Mm. A lot of the clubs that are in league, uh, basically in the Championship, League One, League Two in Scotland, are semi-professional. So that says a lot about the, you know, a, about the strength and quality that you have in those two divisions. Hell, I mean, to bring it back to Hampton, they had a, you know, we signed a player that played a season for, I think it was Stenhouse Muir. Signed for us. So what does that say about the quality of the you know of the division that Stenhouse Muir were in? I think I'm not sure that was League One or League Two. Well, they have got a player right at Hampton in, in National League South. Yeah, yeah. But you then know, look fitted at right in at National League. But, but look so at, there's, I can see. But the, the but there's also there's two different points of view for, you know with this, and there's no what you would call. I mean, when you look at what the reserve competitions used to be like, you know, you had a squad of. You know, you might you might players going in and out of the first team. It wasn't a case of you're in the first team squad. It was a case of you're either playing or you're not. And if you weren't playing, chances are you'd be playing in the reserves midweek. There isn't that there anymore. At least not to the same extent in Scotland. 
and so this case of they got the, these under 23 academy leagues and things like that which don't which give them time but don't give them you know the the opposition and you know i, I can see both points of view with this because you know the bbc article that i've been looking at there's three or four people you know involved in scottish football and the points of view that they make are all valid i mean do we all remember the midfielder john collins yeah yeah celtic yeah. monaco yeah he's you know he's worked in and around celtic he's seen the reserves seen the under 21s and the win, you know the winning a lot of the time 3-0 4-0 whatever and there's no you know what development is there in that Throw some of these players, these young and twenty-one players, into the you know the rough and tumble of Scottish League Two, and say, right, go out there and beat them like that. There's your development because those players have to then learn how to play. They'll have to learn, you know, you go, you know, you go, go behind with five with about fifteen minutes to go. There's your development. What do you do in that fifteen minutes? That's the kind of thing. And yeah, there's a good, you know, there's a very good point that, you know. Why isn't the reserve competition any better? As we've said, there's just no interest in it. People it, are not wanting reserve teams. So, sorry, doesn't it reflect on how poor the first team is, yeah. where it's always the old firm yeah. for the last 50 years? Or oh, sorry, it's not. It's 1985. Yeah. yeah, it's just you know. I mean, I can understand the point of view that basically it's the club's responsibility to develop those players. But those players that you're putting into your academies and you're using to fill your reserves, if you don't provide them with competition where are they going to develop you know i can see both points we don't want to necessarily make the leagues any weaker but if you put in you know if you want to develop players this might be the only way that scottish football has yeah i mean for how long have they been messing around with the leagues outside of the premier league they've been messing around with that for most of the history i mean there was one i mean if, if you go into the history of the you know of in the Scottish Football League, you go back into the you know into the thirties where they were bringing clubs in. You know, they, I think there was one time they basically brought fifteen, twenty clubs on block out of the equivalent of the Highland, Lowland Junior Football and made them Scottish Three. Within five seasons, it failed because the clubs didn't have the structure as far as you know financial background to be able to make it work. This day and age, it's possibly a little bit more stable, but they're not going to make that mistake twice. But Scottish football have been mucking around with their structure for a lot of their existence, and they haven't yet found something that works. I'm not sure this will work, but they've got at least got to give it a shot. And if it doesn't work, then you know, leave the two club, the, you know, the clubs coming out of the Highland League and the Lowland League, leave them in there. Make it, you know, make it, you know, make it a 12 team league. Fair enough, you know. But I don't think. Rangers and Celtic B, as much as I'd like it to work, I'm not sure it will because they're just, I won't say they're grasping at straws, but they're just trying to pick a, you know, think of a solution that may work. I mean, as you've said, there's, I mean, the, I mean, the other things that, you know, you didn't mention there is that there's a plan to increase the loans in Scottish football between clubs from two to five. Well, you know, loans, that's where you under twenty what you're you under twenty one players get experience, isn't it? Send them out on loan for a season, send them out on loan for six months. You know. Yeah, B teams can't play in the Scottish Cup or the League Cup, Challenge Cup, yeah. But the, you know, these B teams will get no money. Because the parent couple have to pay it all. 
So it's only going to be the likes of Rangers and Celtic that's going to be able to do it. You know, Aberdeen probably won't. I mean, who's the next biggest club after you, after you want to get past Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen? Who have you got next? It'd be hot. Yeah. It'd be the Edinburgh clubs, wouldn't it? Hearts and Hibs. Maybe the Edinburgh club. You know, those heart, you know, Hearts and Hibs might might be able to make Not, it, but. But that's you know. the thing, the financial gulf though between those top two compared yeah. to the rest. Exactly. Not even oh, yeah, in football yeah. terms, it's just you're off a cliff. Yeah, this is it. So it's only ever going to be able to apply to Rangers and Celtic. And so, you know, you're going to get these young players, the competition to get into their academies and play in these matches is going to be even more intense than what it is now. Because people, because, you know, young, young players will want that, they'll want to be part of it. You know, whereas before they might have signed for Hibs, they might have signed for Aberdeen if it was closer. Now they'll all be wanting to go to the Rangers Academy or the Celtic Academy. You know, it's just going to make that, you know, that gulf even bigger. So I don't know what Scottish football can do. You know, it's always been, you know, a lot of the time it's pretty much been Rangers and Celtic, and you've had periods where other clubs have tried to get involved, but they just don't have the you know, the financial backing and the support as well. That's one thing about Glasgow and football. You know, it's probably, you know, being the biggest biggest city in, you know, in Scotland, that's where you're going to have the biggest clubs. Stands to reason. And so, you know, I just can't see what Scottish football can do to actually, you know, improve matters for them. Because there's not a lot, you know, I just can't see how they can change it to make it work. Well, it'll be interesting to see how they... Um, how the voting goes on these proposals, I guess. Well, just just on that about how how would they improve it? I mean, we've we've obviously had the uh, discussions for yeah, well, time immemorial, haven't we? About the the first teams coming down and joining our league system. Um, there was proposals mooted a few years ago about a like a an Atlantic league where you'd have. Um, it, it there was it was loads of leagues being being merged and having one big Atlantic, which I really like the sound of. Um, mm. I thought it sounded really really good. Um, and it just actually reminds me of a, of another story that I meant to to put in our chat was um, about uh, Belgium and the Netherlands. They uh, they're going to start a, mm. a well, they're hoping to start a, a combined league in around about four or five years, I believe. When um, when their current TV deals and that end, I think is in 2024. I think I heard, um, but it seems like everybody seems quite amenable to to this this Benny League as it'll as it'll be known as. And yeah, I, I think I know it's um, the the traditionalists, you know, and ourselves included. They'll be like, oh no 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 no, you can't mess with the format, you can't do that. But as you say, Rob, they've got to do something, mm. um, and mm. this some you know doing a, an Atlantic League or them joining um well maybe maybe I don't know I, I, I wouldn't want to see a, a, a British League I don't think it works um, for Wrexham it works for Swansea it works for yeah, Cardiff yeah and that's always been their argument hasn't it the uh, the fans of Celtic and Rangers when when you know we've we've all been like oh no 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 you can't come down and join our league you're, you're not from here you're not from around these parts and that's that's exactly the the argument the and the, ju- the justifiable argument they bring up isn't it it's like well, well hang on a minute mm. what about that lot from Wrexham how many clubs have you got from there that play in that play in your system so yeah as you say Rob they've got to look at all options they've got to you know at the end of the day 
it's not just those mm. it's not just Rangers and Celtic and Aberdeen and Hearts and Hibs. it's it's the whole you know it's a whole pyramid in in the you know whether it's on a par with the English league or not is irrelevant it's it's their league it, it, their teams their fans have as much right to mm. have a football club as anybody else and so they've got to explore every avenue and every opportunity and no matter how how um obscene it may sound to 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 the purest fans you've just got to you've got to you've got to do it and you've got to you've got to explore every opportunity and and mm. push back against against the uh, the dissenters on it mm. when you know when they inevitably do do say oh we we can't do that we can't do that and just so it's like that oh you don't have a club and we don't have a league and you don't have a national team and you you know that's that, that's that's the way unfortunately you've just got to have a strong leadership that says well it's this or nothing literally so yeah i mean yeah. i i yeah. say i can, I, I, do, can like... I just ask you a question james yes why, why don't you think this would work in england part How of the mean? reason part of the reason we have so many small clubs is because you can get some oh what, you mean the, the b teams yeah someone like liverpool giving one of their under 19s to kidderminster for a year and then he comes back and within within a month he's playing in the Champions League. So, yes, that's the loan system. But the, the problem I have with this is that it only benefits two clubs. They might as well just say, because they even go so far almost to say, is it's only benefiting two clubs. So the top two, the first and second place teams in the Premiership will lose 290000 Pounds for their mm. first five seasons, yeah. and that's a way of saying Rangers and Celtic are going to fund this without telling them that without it. With if Aberdeen, for instance, suddenly do mm. finish second or first, they're going to lose out on money mm. because Rangers and Celtic are getting their development teams in the league. And how does that mm. work? <laughs> Other than the fact that this is being run for the, the benefit of the old firm. And so the argument, therefore, can be extended to every league everywhere. And I would love to see a more combined league because I'm not against that because I want I would love to see the, the European top league. But the problem is, is that if we get the European top league, we then get, like we do in America, the secondary league, the third tertiary leagues and all the other leagues. Nobody really cares about those. You only care about those if they're a feeder team for a big team or if it's too costly and so you can only ever watch your you can only ever watch your true love on telly but you can go down the road and you can watch their the affiliate play in the same colors and the same thing and everything feels the same it's just got a different name on the mm. on the badge and so is the english pyramid being supported by the loan system which effectively having a B team style replaces. And I remember we, we did discuss about this um, before when, when they mentioned about B teams mm. in, in England. And I, I came out, I, I don't like the B team thing because to me that gives people like Man City, Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal, Man United, we're going to buy all of these kids because of course, who would not want to play for the, for the biggest names in the world? And, oh, yeah, you can now go down to play Accrington Stanley this week. But you're going to play, you're going to represent Manchester United, you're going to represent Liverpool, you're the B team. 
but you're not going to benefit the game. We're purely going to benefit our clubs. And that's the bit I don't like. It's, it's the, and somebody puts it on here. It was one of, it's, um, who was it? Uh, I'm just trying to think. It's uh, Jim McAnally, um, who's Peter Head Manager. So he actually comes out and says he doesn't think the onus is on Scottish football to develop Celtic and Rangers players. And I agree with him on that, which is why, to me, you need to throw in, well, OK, you've got to have a K that we're going to develop Scottish players because if you look at the Rangers team, half of those aren't from Scotland. Even if they came through the youth ranks, if you look at a lot of teams now, because shock horror, Liverpool do not have, for the first time since 1997, are going to have three consecutive games with no Liverpool players in the squad. But they've only probably got five English players who would make the squad anyway. And that's, mm. that's then becomes a problem because you're going to see this, you're going to get some really good French or Dutch guy, Dutch kid go to Celtic or Rangers, make his mark, and all they're going to do is sell him afterwards, and they're cashing in on it. Mm. Scottish football as a whole is losing out because you're bringing on players for two clubs alone. Mm. It's going to be, as I said, it's going to be difficult to see how this can work. But... Um, you know, I hope something does work for Scottish football because pff, otherwise it's, you might as well just not bother with having a professional league and just, you know, just accept the fact that anybody outside Celtic and Rangers will have to go semi-professional. And if you think of the clubs and the history of the clubs that are in there, you know, you've got, as we've already mentioned, you know, Hibs and Hearts, you've got Motherwell, you've got Aberdeen, you've got, you know, clubs that have won the Scottish title years past. And you're going to have to say, well... If you can't afford, you know, if the money's not there, you're just going to have to make your way best you can, and just hope that Celtic and Rangers don't don't end up squumping everybody, because that's what will happen. You know, Scottish well, football is not in a good way, and I can't see a solution. No, and that's actually the thing. But let's move on, because neither neither none of us three have uh, are particularly, with all due respect to Scottish football, not we don't follow it ins and outs um being on a podcast with two yorkshiremen you do tend to follow things from yorkshire and there's an interesting stat come out that i've not been able to confirm but the yorkshire post is saying it is that there was about 5300 tests um this this week for covid in the football league and it turns out, I think there's about something about 70 um, maybe positive tests, 25 of which came from one club. Nobody has, it's not been confirmed, but the suspicion is that if your manager has got COVID, potentially a lot of your players will have COVID. And I can fully understand this, but Rotherham United, now I think we spoke about this off air last week. But which one of you two wants to go on it? Because it seems like they're a little hotbed of COVID activity at the moment. Yeah, and it's not the first yeah, time. They, they were yeah. they, they, they were hit in um, in December as well. Um, and we I don't know exactly 
whether it was players or coaching staff or, or whatever, but it basically they, they had a 10 day shutdown because the training ground was closed due to COVID. They've had three games called off in that time, um, which they're going to have to fit in towards the end of the season. It's massively mm. unbalanced the bottom of the championship table now um, because, you know, they, they've got four games in hand on most teams. Um, and yeah, so they, they've come out of uh, their... The, well, they were allowed back in the training ground from last Saturday, I believe. But from last Friday, their manager, Paul Warren, started a period of self-isolation, which is weird. I mean, they've 10 days the training ground's been shut and they come back and now he's off for two weeks. It's, it's just madness. And I, it just, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to start insinuating anything and saying that they're doing it deliberately because there would be absolutely no advantage from that. You know, if it, it would be madness to, to suggest such a thing, but there's something clearly not right there because as you say, we were discussing this after we finished recording last week. Um, and somebody is clearly not following guidelines um, because they, they're getting the, you know, they've been hit for a second time. I mean, I can't remember the last time a club shut down for COVID before this. I mean, I, I, I know we've had, um, was it Newcastle, I think, had their training ground shut, didn't they? But I'm sure that was before Christmas. Um, it, it just, now that it, they've got all the procedures in place, um, it's just it's just not really happening, is it? We're getting positive cases, but mm. it's it's one or two players mm. that, are, that are going off and isolating, or it's, you know, it's a manager, which we saw with David Moyes for, for for you know one example, and you know to to have a, to have the whole club not being able to play three three of their matches, I, it, which could come back to bite them in the end because you know who knows what sort of form and and that when they when they're playing Saturday Tuesday Saturday Tuesday Saturday Tuesday for the for a month, you know it it could come back and bite them. On the flip side, if they go into that period in good form, it could give them the, the momentum they need to to stay up, which might not have happened if they'd played the games first time around when they should have done so i'm not i'm you know i'm not for one saying that they've they've engineered it but it that something is seemingly off there that either they haven't got the necessary protocols to a high enough standard or or someone there isn't isn't following the guidelines i just i don't know i mean i'm 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 frustrated about it i'm i'm pissed off mainly because I'm an invested fan because obviously as a Huddersfield fan we're, we're, we're down there we're slowly slowly clawing our way out but if they were to win all their games in hand they would go above us um, so yeah I have a, a vested interest in it and I just it just doesn't sit right there's something seems a little bit off I mean the thing that I can't work out is that every club professional club in the EFL and even International League you know, have to have a club doctor. And you would hope that the club doctor would be able to, you know, be able to take charge of this and in some way run almost like an education programme and just basically keep the players on top of it. And just, you know, begs the question, as you said, James, there's something in the background that is not... that is off, something's not working... You know, if a majority of clubs with a similar standard of, back, you know, board backroom staff can manage this and, you know, perhaps have a case here and a case there, then 
what you know what's the difference with Rotherham? Are the players not listening? Are the players, you know, you know, just not, you know, not engaging with what they're being told? Do they, do they really, you know, not understand what's going on? We don't know. Nobody, nobody knows. Nobody can say anything. What it is with Rotherham? I mean, that part of Yorkshire isn't isn't a hot spot by any stretch of the imaginations. When you look at the national figures, it's nothing. Nowhere is really. It's you know everywhere's doing well. So what's so what is going on behind the scenes at Rotherham? What is going on in the squad, or you know what's going on in the back room that means that they keep you know they keep having these you know these episodes. There's something clearly that needs investigating at Rotherham, and I hope you know I hope it, something does. Someone does go in there and tries and you know investigate what on earth is going on. Because, you know, they're making themselves look, you know, pretty stupid. You know, we're getting to the point of the season where every game's important. And yet, you know, they're not playing and they're going to end up being playing two or possibly even three matches a week at some point. You know, can you imagine professional footballers having to play three games in seven days? Three games in a Monday, in a Monday, in a Sunday to Saturday period. Hmm. You know, yeah, it'll definitely be a lot of shouting and complaining about that. And, you know, but Rotherham have got to face that, that possibility that they could have to do it because the season won't be extended. The playoff dates are fixed. So it's a case of everything will have to be fitted in before then. And if they don't, you know, it's going to put the whole of, you know, all of the championship, you know, into, you know, into chaos. So something is, you know, something really needs, you know, Basically, someone needs to go through Rotherham United from top to bottom and start kicking a few backsides because obviously the people in charge at Rotherham can't do it themselves. Well, well they're not the only ones uh, to be suffering at the moment because we're seeing that the Italy versus sorry, the Inter over in Italy, the Inter versus Sassuolo match has been called off, and the players have been banned from internationals after they've had more COVID tests. Um, there's rumours of things mm. going on in France. But here in Germany at the moment, if, well, I don't know what's going on really because it seems to change every day. Because uh, on Sunday we got told one thing and literally yesterday we were told completely the opposite thing. Um, so it's just the way it goes. So in Kaiserslautern though, James, are your guys suffering from COVID? Is this actually still in FM 2021? Uh, it, it's, it's not a thing as in players can get it um they can get a virus or a cold or the flu or food poisoning but COVID-19 isn't actually in the game um but it obviously did affect the uh, the scheduling for for season one uh but it all goes back to normal from mm. season two mm. because quite frankly mm. they, they had no other choice did they because they just had no idea what was around the corner so uh, it doesn't exist in the game but the um you do have the shorter season. Um, you do have slightly more issues with little niggly injuries. Um, the conditioning's a little more harsh, especially if you've got a lot of players away on international duty that that in this season play three games in a week and then come back. Um, so that they will be maybe not capable of playing more than an hour or, or whatever. So you do have to manage your players a lot better, but no. Not in the uh, not in in the game as such. Um, who knows? Going forward, by the time the next one comes out in November, we could be locked down for a fifteenth time, and uh, you know, and who knows? It could be an all-time high once again because 
god knows what's going to happen um but yeah um just as we're recording tonight i've i've brought out uh, one of my favorite days of the season one of every fm player's favorite days of the season is is the day you get your youth intake uh, all your bright young things that are going to form the backbone you hope of your of your club and your squad and this one yeah yeah and and the local (laughs) non-league club um but this one for me was actually pretty good there's a few good players in there who i'm really really excited about so um coupled with the fact that we survived our first season in the bundesliga um which is amazing considering we're by far the lowest wage budget um we have survived um so yeah if you check me out at gamer james fm and you can you can catch up there and also the series in south america where um there is some changes in the offing oh intriguing um so yeah it will be good to see and i do like to be smug at times most of the no. time really actually <laughs> um are you dusting off the blog this week rob He's got. He's he's left me again. He's he's dusted off his connection. I'll switch. Yeah, off beautiful, beautiful setup. <laughs> beautiful setup. Rob has gone away. Rob's going to come back and talk to me again, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, was that a quick blog post that you were just firing yeah, out there yeah. as, as we had? As no, we had. No, no, no. As, as I suspect, I think I, I think the um, um, I think the bandwidth was being severely compromised at that point, and it wasn't me. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, you know, despite of um, in spite of what I said on the um, on last week's podcast, I did actually write a blog post. And um, uh, if anybody wants to read it, Kristen's got the links there on the website, so that's fine. And um, you know, keeping it going, keeping doing things for Hampton. But talking of Hampton, there's been a little bit of a little bit of. A little bit of the thought of the possibility of live football before the end of the season. And it's going to be that amazing competition, you know, the most prestigious, long, you know, longest-lived competition in the whole of West London. Middlesex it's going County to be Cup. in the Middlesex Senior <laughs> Cup. And that's going to be played. And that's going to be played starting um, April the 16th. Oh, not there's only eight teams day. in. No, there's only eight teams in it though. So, <laughs> you know. but you know, don't forget your county cups, everybody. If you if you're a non-league supporter, because chances are you might still get to see some football. So there's that, and I've dipped my foot back into Football Manager 2021 as well. Um, of course, I've taken Hampton, but I waited until the current manager got kicked out by the chairman. Um, when I took over, they were twentieth. In a team in a league table of 21 with only one relegated, um, got past that, and at this moment, January of the following season, January next year, with three points clear at the top. I must be good at this thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well. If you do want to go over there, you can always go to rabbitrobo.com to see your tweets, uh, overfootballatisca.com see your blog. Um, as James already mentioned, you can go to gamerjamesfm.com and uh, tweets.gamerjamesfm.com to uh, see more information about James. Uh, you can go across to the website to wegoagainpodcast.com and you can listen to all of our back catalogue on there. Some non-numbered episodes as well um, you can also go across to Twitter, uh, we go again podcast and I 
would love to post to Facebook. I'm not trying to be sarcastic, but I can't seem to. It would just won't seem to allow me to. Um, so you could go across there and see probably three months ago when the last time I could actually get it to work. But whatever you've been doing, I thank you for listening.